You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very busy edition of Locked On Indians. Uh, Rather than go through all the games of the weekend, we are officially at the All-Star break, which is taking place in Cleveland. Uh, We had the Futures game on Sunday night, as well as the Celebrity Softball game. We will take a look at where the Indians are uh, relative to everyone else. We'll talk about the past weekend in more of a general term. We'll talk about uh, the Nolan Jones news, and uh, yeah, we'll just kind of take it from there. So the Indians uh, end the, the first half, even though we are beyond the first half. The Indians have played in 88 games. Um, 81 would be the true halfway point, but, uh, for all of those who wanted to leave them for dead, they are now 50 and 38, 12 games over 500, five and a half games back of the Minnesota twins. If you're just curious about the overall, they have the seventh best record in baseball. The Dodgers are one followed by the Yankees, the Astros, the twins, the Braves, the Rays, and then the Indians. In terms of the wild card standings, the Indians are currently half a game back of the Rays, and they are a game and a half up on the Oakland Athletics. So when we, but I mean the the bigger team is probably the Boston Red Sox at two games back. So as we're looking at this picture, um, there was definitely a point in time when everyone wanted to leave the Indians for dead. They, you know, and I as I stated many times, this is an easy part of their schedule. This was the make or break because if they didn't make ground up now, they were never going to, they made the ground up. They cut the twins lead way down. Uh, the twins also, this is the same lead, the same kind of part of the schedule that the twins built that, uh, lead up with. And they've struggled a bit of late, which is one of the reasons why the Indians have been able to gain so much ground. So, Indians are currently winners of six straight. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about individual games, but I have to talk about today's game. 11-1. to one. Uh, There's so many things to talk about. Trevor Bauer had a sterling performance. Uh, but, I mean, clearly the player of the game. You, you have to talk about Greg Allen, who was a double short of the cycle. Home run, triple. Kipnis had a home run. Naquin had a home run. Bowers had his 11th of the year. Uh, Santana had a double, Lindor had a double, Roberto Perez had a double, Bobby Bradley had a double. You know, everyone got in on the action, it felt like. So as the the season kind of comes to its quote-unquote midway point, you know, it's even, I mean, someone like Greg Allen at this point, he was ice cold to start the year. But this is his third time being called up, and the second and third time he has been pretty effective for the Indians. Um, I'd really like, I don't know, I mean, maybe carry one less arm and carry another outfielder. It'd be nice to have, uh, Allen up here and the defensive play he made is one of the best plays so far of the year. Um, I've always said, I think he can be a plus defender in center field. He never makes a bad read. He never seems to, to break one way and then break the other. He is always right on the ball, moves so quickly and, uh, you know, it, just keep doubting Greg Allen at your own risk. I mean, I've done it <laughs> myself. I'm not saying he's going to be a star or anything, but I, I do think there is the potential for a league average player uh, in Greg Allen. So as the uh, you know the midway point is here, the Indians are 
you know, Jose Ramirez stands out for his struggles. Kipnis, uh, inconsistent. And yes, he's played better of late, but we're still looking at a guy who is arguably the least productive Indians player outside of Jose Ramirez, which is why your two worst hitters should be hitting fourth and fifth in the lineup on a regular basis. Um, let's, I guess, don't get me started on that. The pitching staff has been utterly decimated this year. Three-fifths of the rotation has missed significant time with injury. Uh, something I haven't even talked about yet. I didn't even mention the startup since the last uh, podcast was the uh, Carlos Carrasco announcement. Now, I thought when they said like he had a blood disorder, but he'd be back this year, I was like, oh, maybe it's like diabetes that affects your blood sugar, and it's something that can lead to fatigue, and um, once managed can live a, a life just like anyone else it doesn't affect you really in the slightest once you have that all in place I mean it affects you but uh, it wouldn't affect an athlete's ability to perform uh, it turned out it was leukemia something much more serious kind of crazy to think that uh, the Indians when they had made the announcement that he was dealing with something that uh, he uh, they thought oh he'll be back from leukemia uh, how about the fact that he was pitching with leukemia this year? So his velocity being down, his tiredness, he was still striking batters out at a phenomenal rate. So Carlos Carrasco, um, he'll hopefully he'll beat this. This is someone who has twice signed under market contracts to stay in Cleveland. Loves the community, loves it here. Um, the whole city should be pulling behind Carlos Carrasco. And I hope that, uh, the, that MLB Baseball is smart about this and has him throw out the first pitch of the All-Star game. Um, he's a, a player who's earned the right to be in an All-Star game uh, in the past. I do not believe he has made it. And uh, with what he's going through in his home city that he loves so much, that it only makes sense to give him that opportunity. Now, if I had told you that the Indians at the halfway point would be the second, uh, the person who was number two on the team in home runs, is uh, Roberto Perez, would you believe me? I I don't think so. If I told you Santana was leading the team in home runs, I don't think most people would believe that as well. Um, Lindor and Ramirez were the ones expected to be up there. Lindor at 14, you know, if he had not missed time due to injury, it would probably at least be second. Uh, Ramirez, his struggles have been, you know, talked about a lot. But uh, Bowers is the fourth member of that team with uh, double-digit home runs. And you got... Uh, Leonis Martin, who's no longer with the team, and Jordan Leplow at nine would be the uh, the next closest players. If we just jump over to some of the basic stuff, something like OPS, there was a point in time where there was, you know, Brad Miller was consistently amongst the top five players in OPS. On the Indians, I laughed because we know how bad Brad Miller, I mean, he wasn't bad, but he's bounced around this year for a reason now you know santana fantastic roberto perez second on the team third francisco lindor fourth jordan luplo all these guys are over an 800 ops mike freeman uh i mean i widely mocked his addition but he's been a steady uh player for the indians that's worked out quite well 788 naquin 767 mercado 755 then there's brad miller at 742 and uh, Jake Bowers at 726. So those are all your guys who are currently at least uh, average in terms of offensive production um, versus the rest of the league. Uh, under that, you have Kipnis and Ramirez. And 
uh, you know, basically at this point, Kipnis, we hope will trend up to average. We hope the same thing with uh, Jose Ramirez. Who knows? Uh, the DH position has been a disaster all year, starting with Hanley Ramirez uh, to Carlos Gonzalez getting some significant run there. Uh, Bobby Bradley has shown some signs of life of late. I still don't know if that's his position to nail down. Um, I do think the team is better served uh, with uh, Daniel Johnson eventually getting that jump up and letting you uh, play Bowers at more of a DH position just because that's going to improve your defense without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but for a team that was historically bad offensively for about two months, they have certainly started to wake up and turn around in the majority of that lineup. I talk about the uh, extremely thin pitching staff due to injury. Bauer has been inconsistent. Bieber has been fantastic. Carrasco is still third on this team in innings pitched. And again, he did that with leukemia. Fourth on the team in innings pitched, Zach Plesak uh, in his eighth starts. We've seen him kind of come back to earth a bit. I mean, he's always probably more of a back-end starter. He's not another Bieber. Um, Jeffrey Rodriguez was next in innings pitched. Again, another back-end starter, middle reliever. Brad Hand's been phenomenal as a closer. Then Adam Plutko's next for innings pitched. Um He's he's your swing pitcher, kind of the definition of it. Um, I don't know if you want him to get 25, 30 starts a year, but 10 to 15. Next is then Corey Kluber. That's how little we saw of Kluber before injury. Nick Wetgren comes next, who wasn't even with the Indians to start the year. Simber, then Clippard, again, not with the Indians to start the year. Tyler Olson, and then Mike Clevenger all the way down there. So... Yeah, it's, uh, they've gone through a lot of adversity. And when you look at the pitching staff, outside of Shane Bieber, the other four members have had disappointing seasons. There's no other way to put it. Um, Carrasco, obviously, was dealing with physical issue. Uh, Corey Kluber was struggling even before he had the uh, fracture. Uh, Clevenger missed time with an injury, came back, and immediately went back on the disabled list. Now he's back off of it again. We'll see how he can pitch. I mean, there was a point in time where he was, he looked like he had found a whole new level at the start of the year. Uh, Rodriguez has pitched better than he ever has, um, if you're being honest and looking. He was always more of a good stuff, bad performance pitcher when he got his chances with the Nationals. And Plesak was a name that, uh, honestly, I mean, I I would say 80% of Indians fans had not even heard of before the year began. So they've uh they've managed to to pull this together and for as much as Bauer has struggled he has still been an iron man in that rotation and he's on his way to being a three-win pitcher again that's a solid performance he's he's solid this year he's just not spectacular um him and Bieber have actually given up the same number of home runs this season but uh Bieber has walked uh more than half as many less than half as many less than half as many uh players this year while striking out nearly as much which is just phenomenal it's uh it's amazing to look at i mean bieber is on his way to being a five-win pitcher and potentially someone who snags a few Cy young votes uh what a, a job by him this year when the second half starts he he won't be but he should be the number one pitcher for the cleveland indians he'll be the number two behind bauer but uh by Bieber has just been utterly fantastic 
Uh, and remember, this is a guy who they drafted, you know, in 2017. He was in the majors in 2018. And in 2019, he's making the All-Star game. What a, a meteoric ascent for, for Shane Bieber. And now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, website or app. Uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, you want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. I uh, use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. And we're back. Uh, again, this is my time to thank everyone for listening, rating, reviewing, telling a friend. Um, anything you do to help the podcast grow, it's greatly appreciated. Every single month, our numbers are, on the whole, increasing. So that is um, everything I could ask for for this podcast. So thank you. So I teased in the first half about Nolan Jones news. Now, if you have been not paying attention it was announced that uh, he is one of several players actually who after the futures game will be promoted to the next league so if you have not seen nolan jones he's going to be in akron very soon now at the end of the month i am going to be back in town and uh the podcast is going to have a lot of interviews with those akron guys so expect to hear nolan jones a few times on the podcast uh, rubber ducks managers management uh so if there's someone you'd like me to interview uh when i am down there in uh, akron at the end of the month i have about two weeks where i'm back in ohio and i plan to to be at virtually every single game i can make it to so this is a uh, make a request hit me up on twitter at jeff mlb draft and i will make sure to interview the player that uh you maybe want to know more about who's down in akron or you uh, are a fan of now um if the person is someone who does not uh, primarily speak English as a first language, there is typically a translator down there, but be warned, I only speak English. Uh, my Spanish is, um, you know, uh, preschool level maybe, can put it there. I had a lot of years of it, but I'm just not much of a language person. But Nolan Jones, who is far and away the Indians' top prospect, is being promoted to Akron. Um, I know if you go over to uh, MLB Pipeline, which is it's a nice resource just because they give you so many names. And honestly, one of the reasons I like to go there is because you can just click and see their quick stat lines from for everyone this year. You can just be like, okay, boom, quick. I can see, boom. Hey, Bo Naylor. Remember when he was hitting under 200? He's up to 243. He's, uh, he's really improving. Five triples as well. Interesting. But that is one of the things I do really like about the way they have these minors laid out. And they still have Tristan McKenzie at one. McKenzie is yet to pitch this year, and that is a concern. Um, and I'm not alone in this. It's his frame. I mean, he is. This has been my statement since the Indians drafted him. Um, funny story. I remember once tweeting out that uh, there is exactly one pitcher when I use the baseball reference uh, tools that had his uh, Tristan McKenzie's 
Tristan McKenzie's listed height and weight, and that was Jason Smith. Now, I did not tag Jason Smith, uh, former Pirates pitcher, in this. I just made that statement. Uh, and it's not like I reach a ton of people, so a Google alert or nothing like that would be tied to it. Yet he still found that tweet, which means he must search for his name occasionally. And to my surprise, I must have spelled it correctly. And told me, yeah, that was my draft weight. That stuff's never correct. I was about 50 pounds, 60 pounds more than that in the majors. And uh, the problem is McKenzie hasn't added weight. He was, you know, 6'5", like, I mean, he's up to 165, but he's still a rail. Last year, he missed the first month of the year. This year, he missed the first half of the year. Um, his value is in the tank. Like, he was, according to this, MLB pipeline. I mean, that's it's a bit of an overrate to have, have him 34th overall, um, just to be honest. Because, I mean, I talked to a lot of people who... La- it, his again his frame made him a unicorn it made him a player unlike anyone out there anyone we've seen and he was still uh, able to get good production in spite of the fact that since he never got bigger he never really added muscle he never really added velocity um at some points last year we did see some velocity spikes but those often came with his command going away uh so there was a lot of development that still needed to be done with mckenzie and, you know, it's, uh, as I said, when you are a unicorn, people are looking for reasons for you to fail. His frame was always going to make people concerned about injuries. And at this point, uh, his value is in a bit of a tumble. Uh, it wasn't a tumble last year as well. Uh, t- I mean, it may not have been on places that were ranked, but when I talked to scouts uh, across the board, it was teams didn't have an interest in acquiring him. You know, maybe he rebounds, maybe he's interesting, but he was a guy there was too much risk inherent, and people didn't think the ceiling matched the risk. You know, some guys, if they have, um, you're concerned about, you think that they have a, a, a lower ceiling, well, they also have a higher floor. The problem is with McKenzie's build, his floor is actually not as high as uh, as people think, because they think he's gonna not going to be able to hold up. So he's a low four, and people are starting to feel a low ceiling pitcher which combines to, to really limit his value. I am not sure he is one of the Indians' top five prospects right now. If you talk to someone outside of the system, uh, Freeman, I, I mean, honestly, after Jones, I think Tyler Freeman is who I would have number two in the system right now. Uh, really good hit tool, solid up-the-middle defender. That's probably the Indians' number two prospect. Everyone's really high on George Valera. Yes, he's got some interesting power potential. Uh, he's walking at a good rate. He's performing well as a 19-year-old in Mahoning Valley, but I'm always going to caution short season A ball. Um, it leads to a lot of people getting very excited and then a lot of guys never performing anywhere near as well as that. Um, classic example is Luis Oviedo, who was just dominant there last year, high K rate, low walk rate. And this year has been a real struggle for him in Lake County, which is low A. Uh, he was on just about every top 10 list last year. I don't think he will be this year. You know, a lot of guys are... are it's an interesting situation for the Indians because Oviedo is probably going to take a hit. Uh, Henkes is going to take a hit. Chang is going to be take a hit. Lenny Torres is going to take a hit. Um, McKenzie is taking a hit. Now, some of these are injury issues, but... Um, on the other side of things, you know, Zach Plesak will soon graduate out. Uh, Aaron Braccio, Brian Rococo, George Valera, 
all those guys are moving up. Ethan Hankins is moving up. Daniel Spino will will not somewhere in there. It's you have Jones and a huge gap, and then Freeman and Naylor for me. And then it kind of eh, maybe that's where George Valera slots in. It's it's a system that has a lot of upheaval this year, and that's because it feels that either players are really performing or really not performing. It's one extreme or the other. Um, you know, Carlos Vargas is one of those guys that people were so high on, and he's just getting shelled in Mahoning Valley. Um, Sandlin getting hurt, and uh, the fact that he's going to miss the rest of the season with a forearm strain, I think that means there's going to be something more than a forearm strain. It is kind of funny because you look at this MLB list, and Daniel Johnson is 22nd. Um, they just did not value him the same as the Indians or a lot. I mean, I don't want to make myself sound like I was a genius. I still had him back end of the top 10, but at least I had him up there. Uh, James Karinchak, who is 30th, even though he hasn't pitched in like two months, will likely shoot up this list. Quentin Holmes will fall off. Uh, don't Eric Haas would probably fall off. Will Benson should jump up. Richie uh, Palacios has been hurt, so he would slide down. Aaron Saival will probably rebound up. Like I said Vargas is down. Juan Carlos Mejia, who the Indians added, will probably go up, but he's only had eight starts because of, again, injury. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing, because I like to see how others view this system. Bobby Bradley will probably go up. He was sixth. He didn't make my top ten, but uh, he's got a lot of what I call the, the Jesus Aguilar uh, syndrome, where people just look at power production and ignore everything else. And before you go, hey, Jesus Aguilar was an all-star last year, look at his second half. Look what he's doing this year. He's not even a starter this year. He might have been an all-star last year. He's not even a starter this year for the Brewers. So it's an interesting system a lot. And the problem with a system like this and why there is so much volatility is when the majority of your top-end talent is in the lower minors, you're just going to have more volatility because each level some of those guys are going to bust. Someone's going to get exposed. Someone's going to struggle. And sometimes you can look, go and look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Devin Williams was drafted in 2013, and he struggled in the minors. Still has control issues, um, but is having a breakout year this year, six years later. So it can take a while, but uh, you know, it's every single level is a chopping block. Every single level, guys fall away, and it's it's like a funnel. You know, there's just gets harder and harder to move to the end of it. There's m- less room the whole way through. And uh, when you have almost your entire top 10 list is guys, you know, who were in a ball to uh, who had no experience above a ball when the year began, that is going to lead to high volatility and change. And the truth is, honestly, next year's list is going to be more of the same. Yes, Nolan Jones will be high. Yes, Tristan McKenzie will be somewhere in the top 10. But uh, after them, I mean, I, no matter what, Yu Chen Chang is going to be somewhere in the top 10 unless he, he grades out because I, I believe in the bat and everything if he's healthy. But, uh, I mean, the other seven spots are very likely to be guys who um, will have no experience at the A level. And that's going to be the second year in a row, which means either guys were at the very low levels or guys are failing once they get to that level, which is the biggest separator. So it's an interesting minor league system. It kind of lacks elite talent outside of Nolan Jones. 
But uh, make your way to Akron. He'll be there um, for their next homestand. And uh, he's a talent worth watching. He is, you know, I think he'll be a top 25 prospect at the end of the year, maybe top 15. He's a guy who potentially by the end of next season could be a top 10 prospect. Or, I mean, he could be in Cleveland at that time. So just keep your eyes peeled. Watch him. It's an advanced approach. It's plus power. There's a chance for a plus hit tool plus power tool, which Francisco Lindor is the last hitter to go through the system that uh, ended up producing plus hit plus power. Jose Ramirez at peak. Um, he, He has a chance to be really special. So... Keep your eyes open. And he's a big, strong kid. He bats left-handed. He plays third base but might move to first base. Strikes out a lot, walks a lot, hits for power. Um, I'll let you make your own Indians comparison. I'm not going to make that one that you're thinking about right now because I'm not going to compare anyone to a Hall of Famer. That's never fair. But I know that comp will get thrown around at some point just because big, strong lefty. Um from Pennsylvania, so you know, and from a northern state in the Midwest, it is—it's inevitable. So just wait for it. I'm calling for it now, the same way that uh, every time there's a prospect from New Jersey, I'm like, wait for the Mike Trout comp. It's coming. Thank you all for listening. It's going to be uh, a bit slow the next few days because there are no games. So uh, again, I'm going to maybe try to set up some interviews, talk with some people, and. Uh, you know, we'll just do some deep dives at each level. I'll uh, go over what uh, what players are doing, talk about some of the recent draft picks, see how they are adjusting, all that fun. Uh, you know, when you're a Cleveland Indians fan, the Miners are the lifeblood of your team. So, as always, thanks for listening, and go Tribe!